Uh, man, worship was great. I was like, God, what am I gonna do with all this short time? Like, I had to do a message in 15 minutes, and God's like, don't worry, I'll just give, you, give everyone an extra hour tonight. And I was like, oh, that's great. So I go an extra hour. It's like, amazing. Oh, I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to be quick. But, um, you know, I don't care if God interrupts my message with his message. I don't care if it's his, if it's his presence and, and we get to worship him. It's, that's, all, that's what it's all about. So I'm all for it. Um, <clears throat> God can do things in an instant, which it would take me an eternity to do. Personally, right? So any encounter you can have with him, have it in your own time or here at church. And um, anyway, well, we have, uh, we have a wonderful um, a series that we're doing called Hello, Holy Spirit. If you haven't been with us, we've been um, going through some different series over the summer. We did Coming to Jesus, and uh, uh, this, this uh, series we're doing, Hello, Holy Spirit. And, and we recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person, that he's God, that he's a part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that... Um, He's with us. The Holy Spirit has been poured out unto us in Acts 2. So the church has the Holy Spirit. When you receive Christ, you receive the Spirit of Christ. And, um, and so I like to talk about different things uh, and aspects of uh, being with the Holy Spirit. And we, we did cover a bunch of those things. Last week, we talked about healing. Anyone remember that? Um, this week, uh, we want to talk about another gift of the Holy Spirit that we can walk in because he, the Holy Spirit has all the gifts and the Holy Spirit's inside you. So if you pursue him and if you pursue those giftings, he can use you uh, in those ways. Um, but I promised before I start any uh, message that we would show a healing video. Um, I think it inspires faith to see God heal. And uh, last week was just phenomenal watching uh, a lady uh, get healed out of a wheelchair in Brazil. Um, this video, just to give you some context, I was in Australia and um, uh, I was... Uh, it was, I think it was 2017 or so. Um, I, we had landed uh, in Australia, um, and then uh, Randy had pray, had preached that night in a vineyard church. And um, if you've ever like traveled via airplane over many um, time zones, you kind of get what's, what's called jet lag. It's not just that you get tired at a different time; it's like you become delirious. And uh, and so. Uh, I don't know how Randy does it. I always say he's like part robot, like he's wired differently, like he can just go and preach for five hours after he lands on, off of a plane. I, I was actually, like I escaped to the back of the green room during his message and passed out in the green room, um, which is like a little place they have where you can prepare your message. And, uh, and so, uh, but at the end of the meeting, um, I made sure that Randy was out of there quickly. I cut off his prayer line and because uh, he was going to be there the next morning, and uh, it was already like 10, 30, 11 o'clock Australian time, and so um, I, I uh, cut off the line and, um, and like let a, like three or four people in line, and then at the fourth person, I said, hey, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. Randy's going to need to go back and rest. He'll be here tomorrow morning, and um, the woman uh, that I cut off, she um, was very awkward, yelled at me, and stormed off. And I was like, he'll be here tomorrow morning. Don't worry. And, and, uh, and so um, I was like, wow, that, she was really intense. And then I realized, oh, boy, I'm preaching tomorrow morning. So she would come back the next day, and I'm preaching, not her, not Randy, excuse me. So Randy doesn't pray for her, but uh, at the end of the message, I, um, I ended up praying for her. And, 
and she got she waited a year to make sure that her healing was actually a real healing. And then the following year, she uh, we recorded this um, testimony that she gave. So why don't you uh, tell us what happened last year and um, how how you were and what he, and what Jesus healed you from? Um, last year, when we were at the Healing and Impartation Conference, mm -hmm. you spoke about peace and the power of peace. You showed a video that I had seen on YouTube of a man being healed of PTSD, and um, that had already really um, had an impact on me at home. And some of the symptoms and signs of PTSD can be from a whole range of things. And in my case, it was from um, brain overload, from sensory input due to um, Asperger's and autism. And I'd had thousands of seizures since I was 12 that were always misdiagnosed for many years. They had said they didn't know how to help people. They were just discovering people like me existed, is what I was told. In my 30s, I was getting around on a walking frame. We had, um, I was pretty much bedridden and um, didn't think I would make 40. I'd had brain function issues when I'd go for a walk, my whole right side, motor skills would drop out and I'd walk like I'd had a stroke and I wasn't sure I'd had one and um, sensory overload, I couldn't stand in worship music. Sound waves would literally knock me out. A, a scream or a whistle or any noises, um, I had to monitor everything I did in life. So the day after, you prayed for the kingdom of peace to come in and you looked me in the eye and you released peace and banned confusion. The next day, we went for a five kilometer walk. My body didn't miss a beat. My sense of self within my body was always, I'd always had a line down, I physically feel a line, and I'd always had problems with processing issues on my right side, on my left side. I'm centered. I can process sound, I can be social, and I can process, I don't have to worry that a child's gonna squeal and steal my energy for three days. Life was managed like walking on a tightrope with a balance pole. And I don't have to do that anymore. All the hard work is gone because you brought the kingdom of peace. I guess the main testimony is that no matter what you've got and where you're from or what's happening, God is faithful, that he can reach you wherever you are and that the encouragement really is to people who, who have someone who's autistic in their family. Randy was talking tonight about can brains be healed? Absolutely. I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can be healed, delivered and set free. Yeah. It was... Uh... It was powerful to uh, talk to her family and just the testimonies of her radically being changed and set free. And she was diagnosed with a form of, of Asperger's and, uh, um, and for a year she's experienced that freedom. So yeah, praise God. Let me put my phone on silent, on do not disturb. Um, what I want to talk about today is a gift uh, that, that God, um, uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, uses, and that is the gift of prophecy. Has anyone ever heard of the gift of prophecy before? 
See, God, um, we believe that God hasn't stopped speaking, that he still speaks today, um, that he is present, he's tangible. Uh, we don't believe that there's new revelation that comes. Uh, you're not gonna come up with some new type of revelation because you heard uh, God give you some different doctrine. Uh, I do believe that God will speak and affirm his word and affirm who Christ is and will constantly bring to mind uh, what you need to hear to be set free, delivered, what you need to hear to be encouraged, what you need to hear to be edified. Uh, he will bring correction. He'll bring conviction. These are all things. Why? Because God is still speaking. I always say that the Bible, the word of God, this is our plumb line. This is how we know who God is, his character, everything about the Lord, and he will never go against his word. And reading this, his word will speak to you even. I mean, it's great to read his word for information, to understand like why he said what he said in context and, and to study his word. And by the way, like read your word, like study the word of God. Amen. Don't live off of like an old Bible study you had last five, you know, five days ago, five months ago, whatever. Like this is God's word, keep reading it, keep letting it minister to you. And God will use it to even speak to you, maybe a personal word through some scripture the Holy Spirit highlights to you and says, man, this, and you're like, wow, this, I've read this 100 times, but, but today this, this really speaks to my heart. Has, has, you, has that ever happened to you while you're reading the word? You're like, wow, God, you just know. I mean, uh, now don't play Bible roulette. Have you ever heard of Bible roulette? It's kind of like, God speak to me, boom. It's like, and Judas went and hung himself. Oh, I don't like that one. And go do like, well, no, no, no. Like, you, you don't, don't play Bible roulette, um, but study the word. You can ask the Lord, Lord, where, where would you want me to read today? You know, that, that's okay. Um, um, but but it's, it's a relationship. And, um, and, and I always say like, you know, listening to the word of God, reading the word of God is, is like listening. This is called the Logos word of God. It's his word, it will never fail, never returns void. And then listening to the rhema word of God, which is, is the, the physical, the spoken word of God, it's like, it's like listening to stereo when you have both. It's like I remember when I was driving in my car when I first bought it, um, it was brand new, it was a little coupe that my parents let me buy, my dad allowed me to make all these stupid mistakes as a teenager, and uh, I, I bought it and had to pay all this money for the car insurance was the car insurance was like 450 bucks or something on this brand new car. Um, so I was constantly broke. And uh, but anyway, I remember um, listening to the music really loud and and uh, and and windows down and driving. And all of a sudden I see this uh, button said stereo and I hit it and it was like Vroom. it's like I came into full resonation. And so I believe that God still speaks today. And a, a word, uh, when it comes from the Lord, his rhema word, it, it, it always comes at like a perfect time. You know, God's word comes in due season. 15, if, you, if we put Proverbs 15, 23, it says, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season, how good it is. Have you ever gotten a word from God and it was just at the right moment? that brought life to you. In, in Proverbs 18, I didn't give John this verse, but in Proverbs 18, it says that the, the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. God speaking can give life to you, and he does give life to you as he speaks to you. In 1 Timothy 4.14, 
Paul writes, it says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. This prophetic utterance that happened as the elders of the church uh, laid hands, lays hands on you um, and the gifts of the spirit can be imparted unto you. Uh, and so there's spiritual gifts within all of you uh, by the Holy Spirit and you can move in those gifts. One of those gifts we want to talk about today is prophecy. Now, um, a personal word in, and, and a word in due season can do so much power. I, I remember when I was running from the Lord, my testimony, I was running from the Lord. I was not with God. I was, I was in uh, the bar. I was medicating myself with alcohol. And on Thanksgiving night, I'm by myself in a dark bar, and there's nobody else in there except two other gentlemen. And uh, I go outside, and I'm, I'm, I'm not able to see past my own hand. I can't see any positive future about my life. And uh, a, a gentleman comes out of the bar, and he looks at me, and he says, are you going to make it? And I said, what? He said, you heard me. Are you going to make it? I was like, uh, yeah. And he says, how do you know? Now, I don't know why I said this, but I said, because Jesus... <laughs> He said, Jesus, why'd you say Jesus? I said, because I'm a Christian. He just ignored me because I grew up in church. He said, what's your name? I said, my name's Paul. He said, wow. He said, you know, Paul in the Bible did great things for God. He said, one day, Paul, you're going to do great things for God. And he walks away. And I throw my cigarette down and I go in my car and I cry my eyes out because I realized, just like the psalmist David wrote, that even if I made my bed in hell, God was with me and he was after me. And it was there that changed the trajectory of my life. What, now, I've told that story to, to, to so many people just sharing my testimony. And, you know, people said, you know, that wasn't like an amazing word. <laughs> like, it wasn't like some supernatural, like, you know, and you have this and you're from here and this is you, the day you were born and all this stuff. It was like, you know, Paul in the Bible did great things for God. One day, Paul, you're going to do great things for God. That word was powerful. Why? Because it came at the right time. It was in due season. It was because the Holy Spirit was using this man, maybe an angel, I don't know, to speak to me in the right moment. And a prophetic utterance will often come right in the perfect moment. I remember when I was in, um, uh, now true prophecy is accurate. Real prophecy from God is accurate. It's not inaccurate. And I think that we need as a church to bring a little correction here. Because sometimes Prophecy can be conditional in the sense that God would do this in the Old Testament. He would say, if my people do this, I will do this, right? You guys okay? Are you here? Okay, all right. So prophecy can be conditional. Like, I, I will do this. I will come for, you can be here if, you're, if, if you listen to me, if you follow my commandments. I, this, all these things will happen. That is conditional. But then there's prophecy that's unconditional. If, you, if, if God really said it, it will happen. Like, I've been in churches where people say, thus saith the Lord, you know, so-and-so will live and not die. And then the person dies. 
And the abuse of that is then they go, well, then that person just didn't believe enough. That's the abuse. You know what I say? You were wrong. Sometimes our emotion gets the best of us. And we say it because we feel like that maybe it'll just build more faith and maybe that'll happen or whatever, whatever the reasons are. But the reality is, if it was God, she would have lived or he would have lived. And prophecy is not just about accurate information. And this is something in the past few years has been so over-glorified that it's driving me nuts. Because there are certain people who consider themselves prophets in the Christian church who will go to churches and be like, your phone number is 555. I'm doing that, you know, because that's what they did in the movies growing up, 555 for every area code. But uh, 555-642-578. And you live on this street, and your uh, mother's name is Joe, and your dad's, and your mom's name is Barbara, and uh, uh, or whatever. Wait, what did I say? I'm not a good prophet. No, just kidding. That's not. But but the, the the reality is is if that's all you give, I, I've seen prophets. They say they're prophets. I've seen them do this, and and they give this super accurate word, and and then and then the rest of it is, and you'll. And, and, and you're going to have a good year. It's like, is that what you think prophecy is? And people are just so touched that they got their mail read or their information read or whatever it is. And, and some of that, I'm like, I, I, I'm not even too sure how much that is godly, more, more like divination. You know, where you're trying to pull on the spirit to identify things, but you're really not doing what prophecy is supposed to do. And so we need to be careful what we glorify because all gifts, all gifts should be done in love and point to Jesus. If it brings an emphasis to the person and glorifies the person or makes the person more famous or more whatever, and, and it's, it doesn't mean that God can't use some of these things, but the reality is it's not how he intended it to be. I remember I was in Colorado, um, I was in Denver, I was at a church, and my friends and I, fellow ministers, we decided to do like a Holy Spirit night at the last final night, and we're like, we're gonna try to get, press him with accurate words of knowledge. And so I'm like, okay, you know, we've heard about people like really pressing in and going to a new level and types of words of knowledge, getting really accurate information. And, and so I'm like, all right, God, if you bring it to my mind, I'm just going to steward that and I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to, if it's you, it'll, 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 it'll come to pass. It'll be right. And so I, I, I tried it and it scared me. God was so faithful, but it scared me. I, I walked over to a man and I immediately saw a firefighter. And I pointed to him. I didn't say, are you a firefighter? I didn't ask who was a firefighter. I pointed to him and said, you're a firefighter, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. I said, but you're about to retire. And, and God gave me this whole thing about how his wife is like water and is refreshing. And he, instead of fighting fires, is going to start lighting fires. And God's going to use him in a wave of revival like he's never seen before. Now, that prophetic word didn't just identify 
who he was or what he had done, which kind of brought his attention going, wait, okay, this could be God because there's no way I would have known. But also prophesying into what he was about to be. See, prophecy doesn't see someone just as they are, but actually sees who God's called them to be. And you don't, you don't stumble over their dysfunction. Like you don't see them in their dysfunction. You actually see where they're going to be. Like I thank God that when he looks at me, he doesn't just see me in my dysfunction. He sees who he's called me to be in the end. He's like, yeah, Paul, I, I understand this is where you are. And I, you're pretty messed up. Man, I was an idiot for years. And some people might say I still am. But there was, like, I'm so glad that God kept calling me, kept speaking life over me, knowing where I'm going to be. And I want you to know, wherever you are right now, you might see where you are. And, and it's easy to show someone who's, what their faults are. The reality is we can't stumble over who they are and not call out, and, and not call out who they're going to be or who they're supposed to be or, who, or how God sees them. It's easy to poke out the flaws but God sees the golden people. And this is what we want to focus on. All right. Okay, two more minutes. All right. I heard a preacher say one time, he said, uh, he said you know, a, a man stood up in church and said, thus saith the Lord, as I was with my servant Noah, who parted the, the Red Sea, so I am with thee. And then a few moments later, he said, he stood up and said, thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake. It was Moses. <laughs> How many know God doesn't make mistakes? Prophetic words are supposed to be accurate. Second Peter 1.21, it says, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit who spoke from God. This is what true prophecy is. It is from the Lord. What is our pursuit? Our pursuit is 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. This is our pursuit. Pursue love. Pursue love. What is our pursuit? Love. Yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. So if you go through the, the, all the gifts of the Spirit in, in chapter 12, and then, and then, he, and then he goes through uh, love and what love is, and then he starts with 14. For no one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Edification exhortation and consolation. This is Paul defining what a prophetic word should sound like. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Prophecy, all the gifts, if they're motivated by love, will point to Jesus. The abuse of all the gifts of the Spirit that has happened many times in the past history of the church, because unfortunately God uses men and women to move, right? And men and women aren't perfect, if you haven't heard. And so oftentimes, because he uses broken vessels who are, who, are, who are justified but not totally sanctified yet, or maybe they 
They, um, they use it for their own gain or whatever. Second uh, Peter talks about that a lot. But, but the reality is people who do that aren't moving in love. Like when someone comes up to you and God has a word for them and, and you, your heart starts pounding and you're like, oh man, I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to them, I feel like I'm supposed to speak a word of life over them and, and all of a sudden you see that, you know, this is a street person. And you see that they probably are addicted to drugs. They might have mental illness. They probably might be demonized. And you start listing all the things that would be potentially wrong with them, right? But if you could just... As soon as you feel like God's prompting you, positioning your heart in love, you no longer see those things. All of a sudden, you see possibilities and potentials. And when, you know, this is who they are when God's not involved. Now see who they are when God is involved. And that's how we should see one another. Why? To, to um, edify, to exhort, and to... Con- right, thank you. Consolation. Edify means to build up. We don't speak to their dysfunction alone, but to who they are called to be. In, exhortation is to encourage, which, which a, a way you could say that is to speak courage into. To encourage, speak courage into. And consolation, comfort or hope. Many times, a prophetic word is, is actually being able to speak life into something that someone can't see hope in. Like when you're talking to, to a brother or sister and you're actually sitting with them and you have no idea what to say, you say, God, would you help me speak life into this situation? To speak hope into a situation, to speak comfort into a situation. If you are doing those things, you're actually prophesying. You're calling those things that are not as if they are. You're speaking total life into something that someone has believed had died. And that radically changes the narrative. And this is why the Apostle Paul says, man, I wish you would eagerly desire all the gifts, gift of discernment, gift of uh, healing, uh, gift of miracles, all these amazing things, but especially that you would prophesy. Why? Because prophecy is so beneficial. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And I didn't even realize that this morning. I was actually talking to my wife, and she probably loves that I'm the pastor because I get to talk about her and our things and issues. And but I was, I was like talking about something. I had to run out somewhere, and, and I was talking to her, and, and we were discussing like a practical thing, and I was just, I didn't, I wasn't being negative. I was being like from the Northeast, you know, and I was just like talking very directly and plainly, and, and, and I didn't realize that the power that my tongue spoke and I go out to the car and I realize I, I forgot my sunglasses because uh, it's so bright outside in New Mexico. And, and I, I come back, I come back and, I, and I find her in tears. It's like, what, what's wrong? Did you think I... And, and I didn't realize how unkind my words had sounded. Now, of course, I didn't say anything bad or wrong because I'm a pastor. I mean, it's like, it's like impossible. I mean, just kidding. 
I'm being sarcastic. But I found that I was, and, 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 I, and, I, and I sat there with my wife, and you know what I had to do? I had to speak life and build her back up and, and, and undo what I had done before because I didn't realize what I said. And when you build someone back up, it's like you're prophesying to them. You're partnering with the Holy Spirit. And, I, and, then, I, and then I had to leave and I forgot my sunglasses. So there you go. <laughs> Jesus did this. We're going to end with this because I'm so glad the Holy Spirit was moving during worship. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But I want to end with this. Um, Jesus, I believe, is the model of how to partner with the Holy Spirit. And he does something with Nathaniel. He shows Nathaniel who he is. Thanks. He sees Nathaniel and says, here's a man with no guile in all of Israel, right? And he's like, you know me? So he told him who he was in that moment. And then he said, I saw you under the fig tree. That's the past. An accurate word of knowledge. I saw you where you were under that fig tree when no one was around you because I'm God. And so now Nathaniel's like, behold, you are the one. You are the one true God. And and the king of Israel, the, the, the Messiah. And Jesus says, you, you think that just because of what I said right there? He goes, wait until you see. You will see heaven open. You will see the uh, angels of God ascending and descending. What does he do? He prophesied the future. So he called out who he was, had an accurate word about his past and prophesied to the future. And I think one of the best scenes that shows this is from one of my favorite TV shows. Check it out in Rotten Tomatoes, 100%, uh, is The Chosen. Why don't we show that clip? And if we can dim the lights, it's even better, but. How do you know? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him, look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone. I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree. I knew it. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? <laughs> you are going to see many greater things than that. Like Jacob, you are going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Good. I know you like to be clear. Amen. Why don't you stand? Yeah. I want you to know that all of you have the ability to prophesy. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you've received him as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit resides in you. 
and he has all the gifts. And if you eagerly desire, if you press in and you ask the Holy Spirit, would you show me what to say, who to say it to, the Holy Spirit will gladly use you to point people to Jesus. And some of us don't even know what to say in some of the most hardest moments, either between us and someone we love and us and someone we never met before. Maybe we see a situation that just doesn't seem like you have any input. Just turn your heart towards Jesus. Get in a position of love. See how God sees them and start prophesying the gold in that. So why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. I'd love to pray for you that you would receive this gift and that you, God would use you in it. And for those of you who've laid the gift down, because you said, you know, there's just too much going on with this gift. It's, it's been abused too much or I just gotten out of it. Pray the Holy Spirit would prompt you to take it up again so he could use you and speak to you even tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for the gift of prophecy. And I thank you that it is for the church. I thank you that everyone here can be used in this way. Lord, I pray that you would speak words of life through them. Father, that they would be able to see people how you see them. God, that whenever we move in this gift, that we would only move in love. That we'd have compassion. God, that we wouldn't have any thought in our mind about somebody that isn't in your mind about them. God, that we could speak the gold into people's lives and not fall over or stumble over who they're not, or what we think they are wrong in. But God, we could speak life how you would speak life to them. Holy Spirit, I pray that the prophetic movement and the prophetic word would come into alignment with your kingdom. It would invade Albuquerque, God. It would prophesy over people's lives and would point all men and women to you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the many testimonies that are going to come out of this house through your prophetic word and gifting. Lord, I thank you for your word that you've given us, your scripture. God, I pray that our hearts would burn to read it and to meditate on it. And that our hearts would burn to hear you in your rhema word and how you speak to us daily. God, may we not forsake our daily bread. Lord, I pray that you would use us mightily. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to open our altars up this evening. If you're on our prayer team, our ministry team, please come forward. And if you want to receive prayer, we invite you to come forward to pray over people. I, I prayed for someone just a few weeks ago, and I clearly heard the word of God. And I was not expecting to hear the word of God. And I heard a phrase, and I said, I think this is what this phrase means. And um, sure enough, God moved. So uh, I know that many people can be encouraged and strengthened through his word today.
If not, bless you and see you next week, guys. Have a great sleep tonight.